Sunday, September the 20th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. We are very much aware that at the start of this new term, it is a huge challenge for everyone involved in education, children, parents, and especially teachers and head teachers who are responsible for uh, the logistics and safety of everybody. To help us with our praying, we ask those in the Bullington family who work within education just to share a couple of things that we can be praying for. And this is what they said. Please could you pray for students going into year 11 and 13 and their teachers. They've missed a large chunk of teaching time and will probably be feeling quite anxious about the academic year and the exams at the end of it. Thank you. Please could you uh, pray for the test and trace system that's currently under a lot of pressure. The When staff start to go off with illnesses and students go off in the, in the winter, it puts a lot of pressure on uh, other staff to cover. Uh, and if people are un- at home unnecessarily uh, waiting for tests, then that makes uh, the, the system even worse. So that's a real worry coming up during, during this winter season. Thanks. Hello. Please would you pray for wisdom in decision-making and a reduction in anxiety for my staff as they return to campus to teach. Thank you. Please would you pray that I can be a positive influence on my class and speak life, hope and encouragement into them this year. Thank you. Please can you pray that schools are blessed with funding so that they can support children who have struggled emotionally during lockdown. Please can you pray that the support and encouragement that we give can help make a difference in the lives of the children and young people that we work with. So let us pray. We pray for head teachers and teachers and all those working in education across our town. We thank you for the gift of education and we ask that you would give to each of them your peace in these difficult times. Would you give them wisdom to all those having to make difficult decisions and facing daily complicated logistical challenges? Would you answer their prayers to be a difference where you have placed them bringing support and encouragement, being a positive influence, coming alongside children and young people's needs both academically but also in supporting them as whole people? We thank you for processes to help keep schools and jobs open and working well. And we pray for the success of Track and Trace, that this huge logistical undertaking would be granted with supernatural success. Let's pray now for someone we just heard from or someone working in education that you know. And we pray for the children and young people, including our children and young people. We pray for those for whom lockdown has been a difficult emotional experience. For those who are anxious about returning to school, anxious about their studies or simply worried about all that's going on in the world. More than ever, may schools, colleges and universities be a place of support, wise counsel and encouragement. We especially pray for those who have missed key moments in their education over the last six months and for whom results have been very different to what they had expected and future plans have been drastically changed. Give them your peace. 
and turn these new opportunities into remarkable success. And for those returning to face important exams, having missed part of their education, again, give them peace and success, we pray. Let's pray now for children and young people that we know. So we pray for all the schools, colleges and university of our town. May these places be an amazing oasis of learning in the midst of these troubled times and help us to support, praying and encouraging those who are working so hard to make that happen. Amen. And amen. Uh, join us in saying amen. And we let's remember day by day to remember all those involved in education. So, did you do it? Did you do what? Did you do it? It's one of those awkward moments. You know, those moments when we're all gathered at church and I say to you, do you remember what I talked about last week? Have you done anything about it? And there's that kind of hushed stillness that settles all over the place. So did you do it? Did you meditate on that verse from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10? The joy of the Lord is your strength. We need strength. People are weary everywhere. But what if the joy of the Lord is our strength then suddenly we need joy as well the joy of the Lord is your strength and as you meditated on it each day how did you feel what did you find yourself thinking about what was the whisper of God's spirit to you the joy of the Lord is your strength these are things that we need to be talking about and sharing. Uh, make sure you, you spend a moment to, to share what you were feeling and thinking, what you sense God saying to you, that we might grow together. Find someone else to share that with. Maybe someone that you're with this morning or uh, someone that you can meet throughout the week. I, I know we're so focused on lockdown and the restrictions, but we can meet as many people as we like, just not all at the same time right now so make sure you hold yourself accountable and uh, uh, just reflect on what it means for the joy of the Lord to be your strength that will help us together as we try and get into this new series called the conundrum of joy and this is our second week if you weren't with us last time the conundrum of joy a series based on the book of Philippians and as we reminded ourselves last time, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi when he himself is in lockdown. He is writing to the church in Philippi that are also experiencing a lockdown of a different kind. They are under Roman occupation. Their comings and goings are controlled. Their economic freedom is being constrained. They too are locked down. Their circumstances are pretty difficult. And yet it's the most joyful letter book of the whole Bible. That's the conundrum. Why so joyful if their circumstances were difficult and troublesome? And so we began to see last week that joy is not determined by our circumstances. Let me say that again. Joy is not determined by our circumstances. In fact, as we reflected on some of the words of Jesus and some of the other verses in the Bible, joy is a gift even in troubled times and difficult circumstances. Jesus expected his joy to be in us even when we were going through particular trials, stresses and strains. 
In fact, joy, as we reminded ourselves, wasn't an optional extra. It is one of the gifts, sorry, one of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. It's not an optional extra. It's not that in the Christian life we, we need love and peace and goodness, but, but joy is optional. No, right up there with the others is love, joy, peace. This is Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 22. Uh, and you can just uh, absorb that verse there. That joy is right up there, along with all the other characteristics of what it means, what it is to be a Christian. So what's the secret? If Christian joy is not dependent on the circumstances, then what is it dependent upon? Well, this I think is the secret. Shh, can't tell. It's a secret. Christian joy is not dependent on what's going on around you. Christian joy is dependent on what's going on inside you. It's not about what's going on around you, but it has everything to do with what's going on inside you. And the book of Philippians, we're still kind of stepping back and looking at it from a kind of helicopter overview perspective. In subsequent weeks, we're going to get into the individual verses a little bit more. But as we step back, we can see the book of Philippians, this joy-filled, joy-commanded letter, reminds us again and again that it's about what's going on inside of you. I said last time that the word joy or rejoice is mentioned 16 times in just these four chapters. Well, the word mind is referenced 10 times. The idea of thinking is referenced five times. The idea of remembering is mentioned once. That's another 16 times in this short book that we are encouraged, taught, even commanded to reflect on what's going on in our minds, what's going on inside of us. And those verses that we heard read that we'll come back to in just a moment, bring the book to an end, reminding us to focus on the right things. You see, Christian joy, that gift to us from Jesus, is unwrapped when we focus on the right things. In a sense, it makes joy a choice. Now, I know that's a very simplistic thing to say, and, and often in our lives, joy doesn't feel much like a choice. But maybe joy is more of a choice than we have often thought. There is in Ipswich a wonderful coffee shop that will have to remain nameless, where they serve the best cinnamon lattes in the whole world, in my humble opinion. And every time I have a cinnamon latte, and I was struck by it this last week, the barista hands me the drink and she says, enjoy 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 it's almost like an invitation or maybe even a challenge here is the drink choose to enjoy it and that made me think about that little word enjoy 
Now, many of you are much greater linguists than I'll ever be, and you may already know, of course you already know, that the word enjoy comes from the French word enjoy, en to mean make, and joie, joy. The, the word means to make joy. It's an invitation to be joyful in older English uh, language. It was often translated take pleasure. In other words, the joy or the pleasure is there for the taking, but we need to choose to take it. Now, going back to coffee just for a moment, which is a bit of a, uh, an incidental example, but perhaps it, it helps us, uh, if we think about that example, to think about more significant uh, examples. I uh, uh, got over my addiction to caffeine at one of our early Daniel fasts, and I've never gone back to drinking caffeine in that kind of way. But I do love uh, a, a decent cup of coffee mid-morning. I'll have water first thing. And, uh, again, all part of that, I, I'm not going to be ruled or dependent upon it. But in, in mid-morning, I'll often choose to make slowly, and this happened more so in lockdown, slowly, a nice cup of Coffee, real decent coffee, Aeropress, the works. And it's uh, what happens next that was grabbing my attention. Sometimes I'm able to sit down and really enjoy to take pleasure from that drink. Other times, perhaps something else happens in the house or in the family or in work and I'm distracted. And I end up drinking the same coffee that I've lovingly made but I take little or no pleasure from it because I'm distracted, because I'm rushing, because my mind's in a different place. So there we are, a choice. I can choose to enjoy, to take the joy from it that's being offered. Could it be that in so many moments there is joy that God offers us to take, but we need to choose to take it? I think that's partly what the book, the letter of Philippians is saying to us. That we need to choose to take the joy that God makes available to us. And so to those verses. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, fix on these things. In other words, in every situation, choose what's going on on the inside. Choose to focus on the, that which brings joy and pleasure, that which is right and true, that which is beautiful and wonderful, because that's what produces joy in our hearts. Now, I guess I know what you're all thinking, because it's what I would so often think and do often think. But certainly there are some situations, some circumstances in life where there is no joy. Now, on the surface of it, that's true. There are situations that are just overwhelming and it appears that there's nothing good about them at all. Maybe we felt that about coronavirus, but yet over the weeks and months, maybe now on reflection, there are some good things we see that have come out of it. But perhaps more immediately, even in the dark valley... What are we told? We are told that Jesus is there with us in the dark valley. Whatever is true, right, pure, lovely and admirable. I don't know of anyone 
more true and pure and lovely and admirable and beautiful than Jesus. And if we fix our gaze on him, as Peter discovered, on the lake, if he looked at the wind and the waves he sang, if he turned to Jesus, there was a gift there for him. Which is why maybe there can be this assumption that whatever we're going through in life, there is joy for the taking because Jesus is there. And if there is nothing else that you can see that is good or admirable or lovely, still there's Jesus and his gift of joy for you and for me. So maybe it is more of a choice than we thought. Maybe joy is there for the taking. So when I'm handed a coffee and I'm given the words enjoy, it's an invitation to choose to enjoy the moment. I'm beginning to see more clearly, perhaps than ever, that this coming week there will be countless moments where the God of heaven will say to you, enjoy. There's joy there for the taking. So pause with me and pray, would you? And pray with me, Lord, open our eyes to see the joy that you are offering. The joy in my commute. The joy in a particular conversation, an act of kindness, a moment shared. Maybe there is joy all around for me to receive, for me to unwrap. There is pleasure to take because your presence is always with me. So help me to hear that invitation in each and every moment to enjoy, to take the joy. Help me to find whatever is true and pure and lovely and admirable in each and every situation. And so this week, in greater measure, may your joy be in me, in us, and may that joy be full. And I'm hoping all across the town you're saying amen with me. So, so let it be. So listen in to the invitation. Invite the Father to open your eyes to see the gift of Jesus in each and every situation. God bless you this week.